Hey, you're listening to episode 170 of the Keto Diet Podcast, and today is our very first guest takeover. What is a guest takeover? Well, I have a couple of really good friends in the keto slash health slash wellness slash awesome (laughs) realm. And I invited each of them on the podcast to take over the episode. So today's first guest is Christina Kerp. And then over the coming months slash years, we're going to have different guests on to completely take over the show where I won't even be interviewing them. They're just going to be laying down all the nutrition, wellness, knowledge. And I really wanted to do this to just freshen things up on the episode, give my friends the space to speak their heart and talk about what they're super passionate about right now. There's no real theme to the episodes. I don't tell them what to say or how to say it or anything. I just say, whatever you're passionate about, that's what I want you to share. So I hope you love this concept. Please, if you do, or don't, whatever your thoughts are on it, head on over to Instagram and message me at Healthful Pursuit and let me know what you think about today's episode or share it and let me know what you think. Um, And that way we can either do more or less of them. So like I said, today's guest is Christina Kerp. She's the creator of the popular food blog and wellness site, The Castaway Kitchen, who delivers everything you need to do away with diets and discover the right nutritional path for you in her new book, Made Whole. Made Whole is a comprehensive cookbook and resource guide that combines the paleo approach with the low-carb ketogenic diet using only whole, natural, unprocessed ingredients. Christina includes all the tools you need to be successful on your ketogenic diet, along with advice and how-tos for using the keto template to eat intuitively and develop a personalized nutrition plan based on your unique needs. This book is one of my favorites. I love cooking all of Christina's recipes. They are mouth-watering. They are super simple. And they use my favorite thing in the whole world, whole foods. Now, if you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Also, if you're looking for links and resources from today's episode, or you want to purchase Christina's book and check it out, you can head on over to ketodietpodcast.com. Look for episode 170 and all of the resources will be on that page. Okay, I have two awesome things for you today. The first is that I've put together a free guide over at healthfulpursuit.com slash free. That's a free beginner's guide to starting keto. So if you've just started, you're in your first couple of days, maybe even hours or weeks, there are a bunch of cool tips in there. And for the keto veterans out there that may be finding it challenging to lose some weight, I've also put together the free resource on keto weight loss for women. You can get that over at healthfulpursuit.com slash sample. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code KETOPODCAST. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, 
Or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. So like I said in the intro, our guest today is Christina. She is going to be laying down all the nutrition knowledge in today's takeover episode. So take it away, Christina. Hey everyone, it's Christina Kurt from the Castaway Kitchen. I'm over here today taking over the Keto Diet Podcast. Leanne has kind of let me come and hang out and talk to you guys about, I don't know, random things, fun things, keto things, nutrition things. And I'm going to do it kind of like um, frequently asked questions. I get so many questions all the time on my blog and via email and Instagram that I'm going to kind of share these insights with you today and just cover a little bit of everything. So I'm Christina Kerp. I'm author of Made Whole Cookbook, founder of The Castaway Kitchen. I've accomplished quite a bit through changing and overhauling my life in the last four years in terms of going from standard American diet to kind of like, a, you know, like the gluten-free quote unquote, I think I eat healthy, but I, I'm eating a lot of packaged foods. And then I finally did like a whole 30, found like my way back to paleo, which I had done like back in the day, day like 2008 before it was cool. The autoimmune protocol, which was life-changing for me as someone who has autoimmunity and finally keto. And I, but I keto in a way that still allows me to keep my autoimmune disease in remission. So no nightshades, no dairy, usually no nuts. And that kind of mashup of AIP paleo keto is where I create just, you know, most of my content and my work. I'm author of Made Whole Cookbook, which falls under all of those categories. And soon I will be practicing as a nutritional therapy practitioner um, starting this summer, actually. Very exciting. I am a huge food as medicine geek. I think that food quality and nutrient density are 110% the answer to all that ails us. And in choosing quality food and eating nutrient dense meals and eating them calmly and optimizing digestion, we can, it's, it's, that's it. That's, that's the foundation, right? And from there we build and we tweak and we layer on all the things that we can combine to find. I always say like, it's like a rubrics cube, right? Like everyone's got their different combination. We each, we're each a little unique cube and we have to figure out how to twist and turn our way into that, you know, perfect way of eating that's going to nurture us at any given time. So a few things I want to talk about weight loss. I want to talk about managing autoimmune disease. I want to talk about diet dogma and especially a lot of like the diet dogma that lives in the keto space, which you think it wouldn't because, you know, keto is this amazing, liberating way of eating, but it does, it exists. And people tend to think my way or the highway. And that just isn't so. Back to today's episode in a sec. Today's show is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, the makers of my favorite magic elixirs like the Lion's Mane Elixir. Add to coffee, your morning tea, smoothies, shakes, you name it, and watch your anxiety go down and your cognitive function increase. Each of their elixirs are formulated to support various aspects of your health and wellness, from brain function to energy production, relaxation, and more. They're easy to travel with, you can add them to any liquid, and they're pretty tasty too. 
Use the coupon code KETO, all in caps, for 15% off all things at foursigmatic.com slash keto. Unsure of the link? Check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. So first topic I want to talk about, or I think it's first question I want to address, you know, people, it's the one I get all the time is, what do I do when I stop losing weight? Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Or how do I start losing weight? So my first thing is everyone's different. There's no magic equation for weight loss. If it did, you know, someone would be a very rich <laughs> person. A lot of people sell, you know, quote unquote, magic bullets, the pill, the answer, you know, there's a lot of people on the internet in the world who make money by making you feel bad about your food choices, right? It's like this huge industry. And that's what not what this space is about. Really, I know the amazing platform Leanne has created and so many of my colleagues in the space, it's about empowering you to make choices that are going to help you feel your best. So when you want to lose weight, when you want to reach your goals, you have to realize that it's going to be very individual to your needs. So how often are you training? How's your sleep? Do you have a young baby at home? Do you work odd schedules? What are your hormones like? And I always tell people, if you're coming from standard American diet and you just make the simple changes into an ancestral template where you're basing your meals off proteins and healthy fats and leafy greens, boom, you're going to see some major changes because that initial shock to your body where you're literally releasing, you know, water retention, toxins, your hormones are stable, you're getting rid of the sugar. It's, that's a very impressive, you know, first few weeks. I think that people feel when they go paleo, keto and real food in general, but then often people start seeing stalls. They're like, Oh, after the first 10 pounds, just that's it. Nothing's happening. I'm like, well, the first 10 pounds, like I said, it's inflammation and water. Really, once you're getting into that fat loss, it gets a little more complicated. And I think part of the main reason it does is because, come on, we didn't get like fat and sick like by accident. And it sure as hell didn't happen overnight. You know, standard American diet, we've been eating tons of sugar and refined carbohydrates and inflammatory like hydrogenated vegetable oils. Our systems have been overburdened, not only by the food, but being overstressed, overworked, being bombarded by environmental toxins. And often this causes our systems just to be like, you know, I, I think of like a little engine that could, you know, how like the old train. Okay. I'll stop with like the child, the storybooks. <laughs> I have a six-year-old. So I just, your liver might be in jeopardy, you know, like you might have a liver that's overburdened that just cannot keep up with the toxic load, or you might have dysbiosis, which guess what? If you've been eating a lot of greens and a lot of sugar, you've been feeding some nasty bugs in your gut. If you have low stomach acid, which a lot of people do, if you have a history of taking proton inhibitors, prilosec, nexium, all those acid reflux medications that lowers your stomach acid and low stomach acid, that's a lot of some nasty bugs, H. pylori, like dysbiosis, just what are they called? Um, advantageous, you know, critters, they let them into your gut. So when you have these different systems not working optimally, it's going to be harder to lose the weight because we do carry a lot of toxins in our stored body fat. And sometimes your body's like, I'm not going to metabolize this. I can't handle this right now. So you have to support your system and give it time to heal. In nutritional therapy, there's the theory that if everything is optimal, if your digestion is working the way it should and your stress is managed and your blood sugar regulation is in check, which is also going to really help your adrenal stay in check and be nice and supported, 
then the weight will come off. It's almost like you're not fat. You're not sick because you're fat. You're fat because you're sick, essentially. And like, I know those words are harsh, but it's telling you that the reason that you've, you're holding on to this weight isn't because you're eating too much and you're doing all the wrong things. Like, it's not this like crazy moral issue and you're not a horrible person because the food you eat and the shape of your body has nothing to do with the kind of person you are. Despite what like, you know, some TV celebrity trainers might tell you, <laughs> that's not reality. The truth is that we've been conditioned, like we're, we're like to live in this environment that we're not evolved to live in. We are primal beings and all of a sudden we're in bumper to bumper traffic. We're getting crazy emails from our boss. Our cortisol levels are just through the roof. And when you're overstressed, you're not, it's not, it's not conducive to weight loss. There are good stresses in your life, you know, like working out, even being in ketosis is a hormetic stress, right? But that's not the reality that we live in. Most of us are living this go, 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 fast, fast pace, plus, like I said, all these environmental toxins, you know, and the skincare products and soaps and the harsh chemicals we used to clean our homes and the water, water that's not filtered and who knows what else. So be easy on yourself. And I'll give you some actionable tips here to help your body work through this so you can get back to healthy, sustainable weight loss. Because what happens is people are doing keto, they're following the macros, they feel really great, they lose the first 10 pounds, then they stall. And what do they do? They automatically think they need to restrict more. Eat less carbs, eat less calories, work out more, push themselves harder. And while I'm a huge advocate for like kicking butt and taking names and like definitely having some grit in life, believe me, it takes it to be successful. I do not think that the punishment mentality, that the over-restriction mentality is the answer because overtraining and under-eating is just a fast, like highway to hormone imbalance, adrenal fatigue, and that is 110% going to cause weight loss stalls, and that's harder to reverse. So if you've gotten that first stall, just think of your body as saying, okay, we've got some changes here. We're changing over to being a fat-burning machine. Our body is going through an adaptation. There's a lot of changes happening. Your body's using energy in different ways. You're also metabolizing stored body fat for fuel. The stored body fat might have some stuff it's been hanging on to. So you want to eat a lot of foods that are going to really support your natural detox pathways. No need to go crazy with supplements, but cruciferous vegetables and broccoli sprouts. Make sure you're getting polyphenols, cooking with really good quality, extra virgin olive oil is really great. Drink plenty of water, get plenty of sleep. What else is a really good one? You can take Epsom salt baths, which can help your body naturally detox. Nowadays, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can take to also help your body's stress response to things like mushrooms. There's adaptogens. Um, if you can tolerate nightshades, ashwagandha, or integrate like some CBD oil. And all of these are just going to support your system so it can do the things it needs to do. I think, of course, the cleaner, the more back to the basics kind of ancestral template you're, you're using, the better, right? Because our body recognizes this food. Think ingredient foods when you create your meals. Think of nutrient-dense proteins. I mean, eating awful is a fantastic way, like liver or heart, kidney. It's a really good way to get some powerful nutrition in your plate, which is going to help your body. Eating fermented foods, a lot of like... Like, you know, if you're going to do sauerkraut, get the red cabbage. It's like extra colorful. Think citrus zest. You can spices. I mean, the amazing properties in like turmeric and ginger and mustard seeds. You can use 
I like sumac actually. It's like this berry based spice and you can like um, from like the Middle East and it tastes kind of lemony, super colorful. It's like a bright pink, little things like that. Like it's not, doesn't have to be complicated, but when you're choosing to eat in a way that's really going to support your system, even through the stall and just think of like healing. If your body, if you're doing the things and your body's not responding Think of supporting it. You have to baby it, not punish it, right? You have to baby it to a place where it feels comfortable or it's going to start losing the weight again. And I, and I do want to say caveat here. If you're trying to lose the last 10, five pounds and you can't, it's probably because you shouldn't. And I know that's hard to hear, but some women like to, like, you don't have to be bodybuilder lean. We do need a certain degree of body fat on our body to be happy and healthy and functional and have our periods and, you know, keep our hormones happy and also not have to live in a constant cycle of restriction. Like there is that, you know, set body weight where we're at our best. I'm someone who's been overweight my entire life. And while I've had a great success with weight loss through real food and ancestral template and keto, I'm still on my weight loss journey. And it's been four years and I didn't have an overnight 100 pound weight loss in a year kind of story. And it's not because I did anything wrong. It's because there's been many layers to my weight loss, to my healing. There's been times where I was putting my, my autoimmune disease in remission. My body was busy doing lots of other things. Weight was not on the docket. There's times I was putting on muscle. So it's, it's, not a, it's not linear. I also like to talk to my ladies who aren't in this right, for weight loss and who do want to lose weight. And you don't have to feel shamed. And I know this is whole like, oh, love your body at any size. And I do think you should love your body at any size, but you can love your body and still want to change it. And I know that might not be a popular opinion, but I always say you can't hate yourself so much you want to change. You have to love yourself enough to change. And I think this is especially so when you have healing or weight loss goals because coming from a a negative place is never going to result in positive. Like it's never going to have a positive ending and it's definitely not going to be sustainable. And sustainable is the name of the game. We are here because we are done yo-yo dieting. We are done punishing ourselves. What's the point of gaining and losing 20, 30 pounds for the rest of our lives? We want to make this a lifestyle so we can keep the weight off and be happy and healthy forever. So again, if you hit some stalls, remember, baby yourself, nutrient density, support those natural detox pathways, get plenty of sleep. Don't try and go to over restriction. Another thing is people tend to give that advice where with your weight loss stalls on keto that you need less protein and more fat. And while I do think having adequate fat for women is essential on keto to keep those hormones happy, I'm a very big proponent of protein. I like to weight lift and I like to be active. And I think resistance training is just like the, you know, what is it? The fountain of youth for women and bone density keeps you tighter. Just, you know, as you get older, being able to squat is like in, it's so important. So I definitely encourage women to always do some weightlifting. You're not going to get bulky. Believe me, it's really hard to get bulky. Um, but having adequate protein, you know, keeps your hair full, your skin great. It helps you build muscle. It's the building blocks. And the, the gluconeogenesis thing has kind of been debunked in the sense, unless you're severely metabolically damaged, um, having plenty of protein, your body's not going to revert to that for fuel all the time. And having higher protein has also been in in the context of low carb diets has been linked to higher glucagon levels. And as we know, glucagon is our friend. It is the little hormone, um, the the antithesis of insulin that unlocks our cells to release energy, to release fat. So 
yeah, keep it simple, keep it nourishing and be kind to yourself. Um, and that's really going to help you with weight loss styles. And also when you, when you um, have those healing crisis. So that's a, that actually is a good lead into my next question I get often is how do you know if you have autoimmune disease and what do you do? <laughs> so there are over 80 autoimmune conditions um, and they're notoriously hard to diagnose. A lot of people have a hard time getting a straight diagnosis from their medical practitioners because they're just difficult and they have overlapping symptoms, you know, fatigue and inflammation. Some manifest in different ways. Like you can test your thyroid levels of people, you know, multiple sclerosis, lupus, uh, mine is hydronitis superativa, which is a skin condition that it's auto-inflammatory and autoimmune. So you get like abscesses and boils and it's very painful. But yeah, there's so many autoimmune. So one thing is you go to your doctor and you get lab work done. You ask them to do the anti-nuclear antibody test. You also just make sure you keep a log because oftentimes with autoimmune diseases, what happens is if you don't get the tests done or see your doctor during a flare up, which is like when you're feeling these symptoms, then like a week later you feel totally fine. And the doctor's like, well, you crazy and you feel crazy and you're like, what's happening? But it's there, it's real. So just try and keep if you're having these kind of mystery symptoms like fatigue and brain fog and inflammation or, you know, chronic kind of skin rashes or, you know, unexplained pains, joint aches, like rheumatoid arthritis, if your, if your joints get swollen and stiff, that kind of thing. Keep a log of like what time, the symptoms, how long they lasted. And hopefully your doctor will then be able to, to get you the proper lab or to get a proper diagnosis. If that doesn't happen and that can be difficult, you can just kind of troubleshoot on your own because when you're using food to heal, there is no negative, like there are no side effects that are bad, you know? And that's kind of why I like working in this food as medicine space. Like, no, I'm not a doctor, but I'm not prescribing medicine. I'm prescribing like, you know, organ meats over here and salmon. <laughs> so it's not going to hurt anybody. So the autoimmune protocol is a uh, the gold standard of elimination diets and elimination diets are used to suss out food intolerances. Unfortunately, when you have autoimmune disease, these food intolerances will not always show up on a test. Like I test negative for any food intolerance, but I know that if I eat gluten or nightshades, I'm in trouble. I have inflammation. I have a flare up. It's miserable. So the autoimmune protocol eliminates all like most allergens, soy, gluten, dairy, grains, eggs, nuts, seeds, um, seed-based spices, any food additives, all like the anything processed essentially, grains, yaddy yaddy. So you do this, you eliminate all these foods. It's super hard. No chocolate, no coffee, and you'd hope that you know you'd get some results. Symptoms would begin to subside. It can take weeks, months, days. Some people I know haven't done it for two years until they get into full remission. And then you add foods in one at a time. And when, boom, you react to something, you're like, oh, that's a trigger food. I have a blog post on my blog, thecastawaykitchen.com, which breaks down the autoimmune protocol and how to do reintroductions and everything else. I also have other blog posts that kind of ex that explain how I incorporated, incorporated the autoimmune protocol and a ketogenic diet, which for me is like double whammy because you know, being in ketosis and ketones, they, they're anti-inflammatory. So I think there's a powerful tool there. However, I wouldn't recommend someone staying in a strict elimination phase AIP keto too long because it's extremely like limited in food choices. However, you can get plenty of nutrition as long as you're being really mindful with your choices. So yeah, the autoimmune protocol is really important. And for people who have 
those kind of like unanswered questions. Like if you're doing a traditional keto or like me, I did a whole 30, I did paleo and I was like, yeah, I feel better, but my skin is still acting up like crazy and I have all these unresolved issues. But like, if I'm eating like the super clean paleo, why isn't that enough? Well, for me, tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, any kind of chili pepper, bell pepper, were super inflammatory. And they are not bad foods. They are not unhealthy foods. They're real. They're vegetables. They're nutrient dense. But for me, they were contributing to my symptoms and like causing leaky gut and just other things. So it's very bio individual and doing an elimination diet can help you troubleshoot these kinds of things. And I find it to be extremely effective and extremely powerful. Back to today's episode in a sec. If you're not familiar with Paleo Valley, they make one of my most favorite healthful keto snacks, 100% grass-fed beef sticks and 100% pasture-raised turkey sticks, and they're also fermented. Each stick contains 1 billion CFUs of probiotics to benefit the health of your gut and strengthen your immune system. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical, additive, and dye-free, as well as being preservative-free. Many of the flavors are 100% free from carbohydrates and the best part they're really really tasty now you can shop all things paleo valley load up your cart and apply a 20 percent discount code to everything in your cart to take advantage of this offer go to paleovalley.com keto fill up your cart and enter the coupon code keto 20 that's keto 20 at checkout to apply a 20 percent off discount on your entire purchase if you're unsure of the link simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. Okay, next question is, how do I find the willpower to stick to my quote unquote diet? People use that word. I don't, I, I feel like diet's a four letter word, although it just means the food you eat. It doesn't mean like, you know, Jenny Craig, but it just has the stigma. So, you know, I learned many years ago that you can't white knuckle your way through life and I don't, I love food. Food is emotional for me. Food is happiness. Food is, you know, nostalgia. I'm, I'm a chef. Like I love food. It's not only what nourishes my body, but my soul. And I love feeding people. It's my love language, cooking for my friends and family, for my son. And I decided when I went this route, when I said, I'm going to make it a lifestyle, I'm going to do this forever, that I would not restrict myself unnecessarily. So there is no white knuckling and willpower. My tastes have changed. My, my wants and needs have changed. And as they evolve, so do my choices. I am not perfect all the time. You know, no one is, but you know, it's funny. Like I see, I see it all the time on Instagram, like, you know, someone who's been keto for a long time. I don't know if they're a blogger or some kind of expert. And they mentioned that they had sweet potatoes with a meal and initially the comments come in. Sweet potatoes, question mark, is that a carb up? Like, why are you eating sweet potatoes? That's not keto. Or like, oh, you had an orange, orange isn't keto. And it's like, oh my God, like we're not talking about Krispy Kreme here. We're literally talking about a sweet potato. So I think if you, you can't moral, I don't moral, there's no good and bad food. I 110% am super passionate about unprocessed food and it's crazy how I'm, I don't even want it anymore. I don't go through the grocery store baking aisle, like suffering. Like I look at that and I'm just like, I don't poison. I don't want it. I don't, I know I, if I ate it, I would feel like death. And that completely 
takes away anything. I don't care how, I don't know. I just, it's not, I don't want it anymore. And it didn't happen overnight. It was a really slow evolution. And it was kind of like three steps forward, two steps back for a really long time. I mean, I did six whole thirties, kind of like these resets all the time because I felt that, that I needed to go back to the basics and know that even though you might feel it's a little hard right now that if you're at a party or at the office and they're doing like regular cookies or whatever, and you might be like, Oh my God. And you're thinking about them and you're at your desk and you're just thinking about the cookies in the break room. And you feel like a crazy person and you're like obsessing about it. It's like emotionally impacting you. Take a step back and say, why is this so hard? Why is it emotionally impacting me? Also, have an option that you thoroughly enjoy. So you're not, take some dark chocolate, make some keto cookies and take them to share. And I bet they'll be just as good as the regular ones and you'll feel so much better. So don't deprive yourself, but also think, reframe it. I don't think about it as good and bad food or what I can't and can't eat. I think about it as what I choose not to eat. Yeah. Tomatoes are fabulous. And when I see them and they're at the farmer's market and they're all succulent and ripe, I like, there's a part of me that's like, man, it'd be pretty dope to eat a tomato right about now, but I don't let it like ruin my day. I just say, but I'm choosing not to eat it because I know that when I eat tomato, I get painful, a painful physical reaction. So you have to be very honest with yourself, know your intentions, know that it's not just about the weight loss. It's about feeling better. It's about putting chronic issues in remission. It's about nourishing your body in a way that's going to give you a long, healthy life for you to play with your kids and your grandkids and your nieces and your nephews to take your dog to the park, to be able to hike and climb the mountain and take a boat out to sail. Like, you know, do all the things that you kind of felt like you couldn't do before. And there for me is like this liberation in the fact that I am, I know who I am and I know that how I eat has nothing to do with who I am as a person, but I do eat in a way that lets me be the best me, that lets me be the person who I really am inside that's adventurous and active and happy and healthy. And you know what I'm saying? It's not like you are what you, like you are what you eat. You're not who you eat. Oh God, that sounds weird. Not that we're cannibals, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm rambling now, but I just feel really strongly about this. Like it's not about white knuckling. There's no, I don't have willpower. I have a discipline. I have habits that I've created over time, but it wasn't, it was just from going back. Every time I stumbled, I got back up and I kept going. If something wasn't working, if I gave it like a hundred percent all out try, like I said, I am like, it's not about suffering, but there is some grit and some commitment that goes into changing your lifestyle. But I was doing paleo in whole thirties and I felt pretty good, but I wanted to feel better. And I switched and I pivoted and tried keto. And I, then I, you know, with my autoimmune protocol things, and I haven't been afraid to, to troubleshoot, to navigate, to try different things and to keep my options fluid and a sweet potato isn't bad. And if one day I want to have a sweet potato, by God, I'm going to eat the sweet potato. And I don't care if it's not keto because it's a real food. You know, the same way that if two or three days go by and I haven't eaten a vegetable because I've been eating eggs and ground beef or liver or salmon and like eating Jill's crackers with ghee on them, I'm not going to beat myself up about it either. Cause I think broad strokes, bigger picture, you know, am I making, I'm, I'm thinking about the leaps, not the bait, not the, not the minutia, you know, actually Mark Sisson said that it was at paleo effects. And someone's like, how do you know you're getting enough protein every day or after your workouts? And he was like, you know, 
I don't think of my protein intake as a daily thing. It's like, it's so insignificant from the day to day. He's like, I look at things in like in a week or in a few days, like larger strokes. And I was like, oh man, that makes sense. And it's also like less stressful. Okay. So that's my whole thing about white knuckling. If you are still struggling with that, Eating Wired to Eat by Rob Wolf is a really good book. And he talks about this in a very like frank manner. He uses some potty words. I can respect him for that. He's definitely an F-bomb dropper. Um, but he, and he also has a seven day carb test and he talks about different people's insulin tolerance and all that or glucose tolerance and like insulin response. And so you do the seven day carb test. And if you're not keto yet, but you're interested in doing keto um, or you suspect that you're insulin resistant, you must read Wired to Eat. It's really good. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at Healthful Pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. So another question I get all the time is what do I eat surrounding my workouts? And you know, this is constantly changing. And as I said, I'm still amidst weight loss goals, but I find that as someone who's recently healed small intestinal bacterial overgrowth dysbiosis due to that low stomach acid that I mentioned before, and I finally resolved those issues as well, I'm still in a little bit of a healing phase. I think I'm toward the end of it. So I, my body kind of did like healed first, like weight loss first, then healed, stalled for a while, has been doing this whole healing inside. While I've totally like built muscle and my body composition has changed, but it's just been slow and mild. And I've just, I've just been enjoying the ride, you know, feeling like really good, taking care of myself. And now I'm working out again. I just changed my workout. So I've done, I do either weightlifting programs or like CrossFit type stuff or long walks. I just started doing Orange Theory, which is like way more cardio than I'm used to. So I guess it depends on the kind of workout. Like if I'm doing heavy, slow lifting, I usually work out fasted. I usually do in general because I like to work out in the morning, like just with coffee. Like I do a little bit of, I don't do super fatty coffee. I do a little bit of almond milk, a little bit of uh, CBD, MCT oil, and like a teaspoon of ghee, some collagen, and I blend it up. So that's my, or I use my cashew creamer. I have a good recipe on the blog that's like mixed with coconut oil and uh, it's like MCT cashew uh, collagen mix. So I do something like that. I have about two cups and then I go to the gym. So if I do slow workouts like that, I just do like protein afterwards. And I don't do too much fat after my workouts. I'll have it later on in the day, but like right after my workout, I don't really like just want the fat. And then maybe that night I'll have uh, like 20 grams of carbs. Sometimes I do carb ups, especially if the next day I'm going to work out again. Like if, if I'm, I'll do the carb up sandwich between workouts. Um, and that just kind of helps replenish your muscle glycogen and like helps re- you know, you recover better. If I do high intensity workouts, sometimes I do a carb up before my workout because you want that fast fuel so you can perform, so I can run, so I can sprint. When I first started Orange Theory, I would do like half a banana or like a one uh, Birch Bender's Paleo pancake or something like that before my workouts. But I later just dropped that. And honestly, lately I've been kind of on a, a glucose depletion again, just like going super low carb again and doing mostly protein, a little bit of greens, um, some added fats like avocado and stuff. And I feel really good on my workouts, but granted, I'm also right now in my luteal phase, maybe 
you know, when I start my cycle, I need a little bit of carbs at the beginning of my cycle just to support my system, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. So like I said, it depends. If I do, do I definitely always do carb ups like right after my ovulation, like post ovulation carb up for me is pretty important. It's like that you spike, you know, you get that peak of hormones in ovulation and they drop afterwards and you feel like you're going to die or at least I do. So having some, you know, plant-based carbohydrates around that time just to help me with my mood and everything. But yeah, sometimes I do carb ups and sometimes I don't. I in general just don't vilify carbohydrates. Like I can stay in ketosis and thriving at like 50 to 70 grams of total carbs a day. But right now I'm actually doing like a lot lower. I'm in between like 10 and 20 in a day. And I'm just doing this because like I said, I'm fluid. I keep it flexible. I always know I need a carb up when I've been working out pretty hard and I get that thing where like the day I work out, I'm not hungry, but the next day on my day off, I'm like ravenous. And if I eat protein and I eat fat and I eat some leafy greens or I eat some avocado and I like ate a good sized meal and I'm still hangry afterwards or like still feeling like just insatiable, that usually means that, um, so then my leptin's too low and then you can eat some carbs and like I have like half a cup of sweet potato and then I feel completely satisfied. And actually there's something because like I think you're like leptin resistance is like when you're resistant to the hunger signal hormone and like you don't know when you're full, right? And I definitely used to have that and like intermittent fasting really helped me like get my hunger hormones in check. Like sitting down to eat when I was like to being actually hungry for the first time was like the most amazing feeling. But now I definitely have that thing where I know I'm not like I'm eating enough and I'm not satisfied. And it's because your pituitary gland's kind of in charge of that. So it's crazy how, you know, it is a hormone, it's a hunger hormone, but it is tied into all your other hormones. So Allie Miller has some really good information on this on her podcast as well. And so that helps raise that again. But yeah, just kind of go with it. Like you have to know your body. And if you are thriving with your workouts and your hungers in check and you feel good, then just do what you're doing. Like for me, I kind of like go with the flow. I like to eat intuitively. I'm, you know, really into like real food choices. So I feel good about like what I'm choosing to eat when I like recover from my workouts and, you know, yeah, workout nutrition. I think it just has a lot to do with like, what are your goals? What's your body composition? Like, what do you want to accomplish? There's a lot smarter people than me on the internet that know more about fitness that could probably give you better advice in that regard as well. Um, what's the next thing? So another question before I go, I've been chatting for a while now, is um, what do I eat? Like, What's my favorite go-to treat? Because we listen, I love real food. I'm all ancestral health, but I've always liked dessert or dark chocolate. And let me tell you, when I first started keto, I totally used tons of keto treats as a, as a crutch, the fat bombs and the cuddle brownies. And I use all the sweeteners. And while I don't like eating them anymore and like erythritol makes me bloat. And I think that the sweeteners can mess with hunger hormones. And I think that I, I do feel that with myself. My palate has completely evolved. We're now 95 to like 85 to 95 or hundred percent dark chocolate, two or three squares with a little bit of ghee smeared on top and some flake salt and like, mm. I'm in business. Or another thing I like to do is I get coconut cream and I whisk it with a little bit of cacao nibs, which are like unsweetened and some vanilla extract and a pinch of salt. And it's like almost like ice cream and it doesn't even have any sweetener added. So I become a really big fan of those kind of treats. Sometimes, you know, you eat a meal and you're like, well, I'm still a little bit hungry, but like, you don't want to, you know, like I, I don't have guilt issues about that. Like after I did a few whole thirties, sometimes I had like weird guilt issues with desserts. I don't know why, like, and I know that's just like my own mental thing, but going keto kind of like freed me of my dessert phobia. 
where I feel good about eating this like healthy fat treat because it's delicious and I want it. And it doesn't mean that I'm addicted to sugar anymore because I know I'm not. And like, there's no sugar in this. It's just delicious. And food can be good and it should taste good and you should enjoy what you're eating. So anyway, on that note, I'm going to leave you guys. Um, you can always find me at the Castaway Kitchen on Instagram. I'm super active. I'm always answering all my DMs on Facebook at the Castaway Kitchen on my website, thecastawaykitchen.com. And of course, check out my book Made Whole for a hundred, more than 145 anti-inflammatory keto paleo recipes to nourish you from the inside out. Thanks so much, Leanne, for letting me come and hang out with your people for an hour. This was a lot of fun. See you guys around. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.